Welcome to um, Love a Lighthouse broadcast on this podcast station. We are going to be focusing on Tuesday the 29th of March 2022. Alright, I said I would do like a revelation section. This is going to be something new, like I would just have a revelation and it would be announced or talked about. So... Because I'm recording this one not long after and there hasn't been anything extra occur, I'm just going to leave this as a little introduction. But hopefully, I will be able to add this in in the next little while. So you have this here for you. So it's a kind of an ongoing... piece of meditation and that's what this is actually symbolizing when peter that you um, heard of in yesterday's verse and then you know we looked at quite a number of verses round about that one in scripture and it was all kind of based on let's see Acts 12, verse 14. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. So already here, I'm starting to kind of like make links as to Peter's voice. And then how she recognised Peter just by his voice and then she ran in and told everyone instead of opening the gate out of gladness what's really interesting about this is that he is standing at the gate this is what the revelation really was focusing upon is the gate in fact and so what I wanted to do was go and look at this a little bit further wow So it's mentioned in scripture that even, you know, King David sat in the gate and, you know, we hear that God himself, actually, Jesus Christ suffered out with the gate. He went beyond the gate, um, which is very interesting. So when we think of that, even the chosen ones are like, and we're not saying people are just doing the antithesis of what Christ wants, like outside the church, but Beyond the gate, beyond the church is where you're kind of meant to really be or we're meant to be. And that's, well, that's, you know, where we get to kind of live our life. And um, what was talked about today at the time of recording, which is actually Sunday, and how, you know, the secular world and all the rest of it, it's during secular activities that God came to different people, um, even you know, King David himself as well. But let's get back to this particular meaning of at the gate in more specific terms. So the gate is like a gateway. When you think of it, the gate can be shut, it can be closed off. But for Peter, he had the keys to to the gate, um, to the gates of heaven, as we heard about earlier. So he has the ability to open and shut, you know, to bind and to loose and all the rest of it. But he's here at the gate and even although 
he's there. The person Rhoda doesn't do anything. But I mean, he actually did knock, so I wanted to just double check that. He did knock before that because it says here in 12.13, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. So instead of opening, she just listened. Um, but then even although she heard Peter's voice, instead of opening the gate, she didn't. She left it closed. Now, we know from scripture, and particularly in Matthew, about the knocking of the gate, you know, asking you shall receive, you know, while knocking it shall be opened unto you and all the rest. And of course, here's Peter knocking, who's got all this authority, and he's still standing at the gate. The gate hasn't been opened to him, but it's not because of his level of faith. It's because of the level of faith with regards to the person on the other side of the gate. It's almost too good to be true, and that was the title for yesterday's broadcast, Too Good To Be True. So sometimes the gate isn't opened for other people's lack of faith, not because of the person on the other end of the gate who's knocking. But what Peter continued to do was because of his faith and his level of confidence, he actually continued to knock. And this, it reminds me of me the other day when I had to go and take something which had been delivered to our building over to another building as I wanted to just double check what it was about. I thought this could be secret arms as well, but this could be for someone who is expecting this in, in this place. And it's just being kind of detailed wrongly. It didn't have anyone's name on it either. So it just had like an address, um, which is interesting. Oh, the the entire situation is interesting and revelationary and wow. I'm just going to tell you, it was a bulb. So it's a source of light, well, okay, one source of light. And it was, it came to me, but I had to deliver it over to someone else. Um, So very interesting. But I wouldn't stop when I... I didn't get any answer at the door that I thought that it could be at. This door is like, it doesn't have any, um, let's just say the number that it's for isn't like on the outside of the building. So it's like really interesting. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and so I'm like trying to knock at that. Didn't get any answer, but I kept going. I buzzed the buzzers on all of the other buzzers on the building next door, or the building that's kind of part of it. Um, but isn't linked on the outside, doesn't give any indication of such as to what's going on. But I went ahead and just bust every single one of those and someone came out. Now, don't, it wasn't the person that it was for, but this is someone that's going to pass this on. It's like passing the torch. That's what it kind of reminds me of passing the light, the light bearers passing on this bulb. But anyway, let's get back to this. So it's with that same sort of fervor, like you don't just forget about it and give up, you keep going. Okay, so he kept going and he knocked until he got an answer. Now, for me, I might want to say, well, this isn't the recipient. It would be tempting for me just to be like, well, this is just a strange, um, you know, 
consequence of this and we should just look over this. But I don't think so. I think there's something in this with regards to something very important and it was meant to be that person that received it next and then the link from them to that other person to gift this over, to give um, this bulb over to. It might seem like a really simple quest to many of you, but there's always something far greater that God has in mind with regards to this and it will all unfold. But the main point of this was really, you know, although I'm going off into, well, you know, the meaning of this, um, very otherwise simple set of circumstances when I know there's so much more than just the physical world with regards to this. I think it's wonderful. Let's get back to this. The main point is that I didn't just stop there. Neither did Peter. Peter continued to knock until he got an answer. When we go on to Acts 12, 16, we see, but Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So he eventually had the situation, the outcome that he was looking for. Perhaps not that they would be astonished, but just that they would open the door and whatever was to happen next. Um, but let's get back to the gate and what would happen there. So we talked a little bit about this before and I'm looking at this while wow, 14.41 at time of recording. I just think that's interesting. But um, the gates, it says here, in biblical Israel weren't just a doorway into the city. They were where prophets cried out and kings judged and people met like in the ancient city of Dan. <clears throat> it says here in what I'm reading... Lot was sitting in the gates of Sodom, relates the book of Genesis. To modern ears, the description in the gates sounds curious, but in biblical times, a gate or gates was not just a passageway through the defensive wall surrounding the city. It was typically a massive and often complex structure consisting of an outer gate and an inner one, providing a second line of defence with a space in between. It was a space between those two gates, sometimes just a corridor with recessed guard rooms, sometimes a more spacious courtyard that the Bible calls in the gates. Much life took place within that gate area. Based on biblical references and archaeological finds, that space served as a combination of town hall, ad hoc law court, Hyde Park corner marketplace and park bench. It was in the city gate through which people constantly flowed. The agreements were verbally sealed in the presence of witnesses, a necessity in an era before the written contract. In Hebron, south of Jerusalem, sometimes in the second millennium BCE, the Hebrew patriarch Abraham negotiated the purchase of the cave of Machpelah, as a tomb for his wife, Sarah. And it passed to Abraham as a possession in the presence of all who went in at the gate of his city. The agreement was witnessed, the deal was done. The Hebrew Bible records another negotiation in the gate of nearby Bethlehem of Judah. Several, country, 
centuries later. A certain Boaz wished to exercise his familial right to marry Ruth, the young Moabite widow of a kinsman. But Boaz was not first in line and the match was only possible if another male relative closer on the family tree publicly waived his prerogative. Boaz took 10 men of the elders of the city and sat them down in the gate. When the exchange between the two kinsmen ended to Boaz's satisfaction, Boaz addressed the crowd, Today you are witnesses. Then all the people who were at the gate, along with the elders, said, We are witnesses. Half a country away, the Israelite gate at Tel Dan, the site of the biblical city of Dan, has an ancient stone bench with, tellingly, seating for precisely ten people. Justice in the gate. The gate of the city was also a podium for the Israelite prophets of old, the feisty social reformers of their day. Hate evil and love good, declaimed Amos, and established justice in the gate. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of a situation we've got here. Establishing justice in the gate. Well, we had a situation which you heard about, about the post. Crazily enough, um, along the street from me, things just seem to go from really good, really great, to actually really crazy. Um, His entire meal was just left out. And not just his, but the entire people in his building. I don't know which one he stays in, never been into his house, but I know where he's located. And all of their stuff was just like left in a pile, like outside the building. I've never seen anything like it in my entirety. And we were sent a little um piece saying, it seems as if your intercom is not working. The intercom is working perfectly as always. So somebody was at it or just someone knew, but anyway... In any case, um, yeah, post people have to be really skilled. They have to be really chilled, really capable, flexible and able to deal with different situations. They are a certain type of people. Um, they do. They need a lot of skills. Some need to be really fit, for example. Luckily, we have a very fit postman can go up and down the stairs which is just a norm but we're thinking of like you know I'm thinking perhaps something needs to change in terms of justice with regards to that not to talk too much about it but something needs to happen there so that is like a gateway as well as you're thinking uh and there's also a situation where there's been a bit of funniness with regards to this so I'm gonna like re-establish um justice Someone's been mucking around with the locks as well, so there's going to be a re-establishing of justice there unless this is sorted, unless other things are going smoothly and that there's a, a sense of flow and balance and righteousness and doing things appropriately. So that needs to be done there. So that's what the gate is all about. There, It's not just about that. There are many different um, things that obviously the gate draws to mind. It's a place of meditation. It's a place of... Making sure that you know when you can come into a place that you're, you know, being respectful and honourable. Um, so there we go. There's all that as well. So that is what that is all about when we look towards that of 
the gate and the revelation there. Um, it's an unfolding one for sure. Okay, so now we're going to move on to some scripture, some new scripture. I'm going to keep this to the point because I feel, you know, we've really gone on quite a bit about the gate situation, which is mm, really interesting. Yes, there's so many interesting points of that. Um, and it's, <clears throat> there's a lot with regards to this of like who you let into your place, like who you actually, um, spend time with we talked a lot about this this has been coming up a lot from god um about honoring ourselves honoring god first not you know joining ourselves or allowing others to join themselves to us in any way that are inappropriate fornicative uh you know not appropriate disrespectful you know weird idolaters just weirdness like that we shouldn't be connecting with and allowing it inside our place because it can cause all sorts of chaos like from the gate area. That's why there needs to be justice within the gate as they talk about. Otherwise, it creates havoc within a place and it's not good for anyone. So that's what it means about the justice and the balance within it. But um, when there is like all manner of things like, oh, let's say people going beyond that of God, not coming into a place in a godly way, that's what I mean about this. But that revelation is going to be one that continues to unfold and improve things better and better, no doubt. So let's go and have a look at this scripture for today. Unveil 12. Then all the multitude... It's not this one. Wait a minute. Okay. Paul, Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker, so before that on the other page... And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Now, when people think about this in astrology and they link the two, you can see very clearly how these pagan ideas are interlinked here. Now, who is it that actually gave them those names? Okay, so this comes from Acts chapter 14. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude both of the Jews and also of the Greeks believed. Okay, so... But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the land, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews, with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled unto Lystra, and Derb, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. 
the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Okay. So they all started to kind of like almost idolise um, Paul and Barnabas at that point. But we can see here that Paul is being held as the, the chief, the main speaker, Mercurius. We can see how that links in with, um, you know, the pagan sort of like links to astrology, astronomy um, and the scientific field. you call that like paganism? I don't know. Um, as well with like astronomy and astrology but how it all links in because it's even mentioned here in the bible so it's kind of all interspersed but those people were likely like greeks uh you know these are the gods of the greeks that they're talking about um but i think this is what we have to focus on in particular which is that paul was called mercurius because he was the chief speaker. What made him the chief speaker? Um, it wasn't just the words that he said, but it was the power of the faith of the spirit behind the words that he was saying. So he wasn't just speaking about the gospel. For example, when you come here, you understand the power of the speech that I have. It isn't just about the Bible. You don't just come here to hear the scripture. There's a revelation behind it. The spirit behind it is the power. And that's what makes it a chief communication here on Love Lighthouse. So with him, it's the same. It's the power of the spirit behind those words and not just the words alone. It was the fact that he knew and he had faith that the person could walk and be healed. That belief, the faith behind it, behind the words and behind the command. And of course, that of the man's perception as well, to be able to receive that healing too, allowed for this miracle to take place. So it's the spirit behind the word and not just the word on its own. Beatitudes for today. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, I have got news for you. So since we started recording this, there has been so much more put onto this podcast for you. Some really interesting treasures have come up over the last couple of days and I want to draw your attention to um, Mothering Sunday and what followed from there was a series called Nurturing in Thanks and it's ways in which, you know, that mothering aspect of being nurtured 
has been focused on, but not just by mothers, biological mothers, but looking at the spiritual mothering and spiritual nurturing, which can come from males too in their own masculine way, in their fatherly way as well. So um, many of the experiences though have, um, you know, that I've included here specifically have actually tended to be like more, um, you know, as women together. So I've included that and I've also um, included a new one today, which um, is the second part and it's nurturing in thanks and it's to do with a calling that I got, I felt called to in the spirit to just go and burn my underwear, like to get rid of every single item of underwear. You could go and find out what happened, where did I get the insight from, why am I doing it and why I think it's so attention grabbing because I feel like it's about so much more than just the actual garments themselves. There's so much more emotionally, psychologically, but also spiritually that I feel that God really wants to to grab our attention with and to make us think about and to get us into some sort of motion and action to do something. And it's really about what's underneath. There's something underneath and that's where the under part is. And it's like the under waiting. So perhaps there's something that we haven't really thought about. There are items that we haven't really utilised, but they are there nonetheless in our life. So it's not just underwear per se, but it could be about anything that we have that's still taking up something of an area in our lives. But it needs to be let go of. And maybe it's time for you to think about that. We talked about this, how it's like a spring cleared out session as well. From looking now, we've got this window of opportunity. I mean, spring apparently officially started like the 20th of March and it continues on until, of course, summer starts on the 21st of June. So we've got this time frame to really think about all these things. And perhaps now there's something that you could really um, uncover that's maybe in your life, which is, you know, connected to something. And for me, my underwear, you get to hear about it. It's like, it's, you know, it's like worn in a period of time. It's just like, it's very chaste and celibate. Like, it's not like, I'm thinking like, how could it get even more pure than this? But God has always got like a new level. So perhaps there's something of that that needs to be set aside, but it could be any type of item that you have or a way of thinking or something that you're doing. But it's under, it's under the surface. It's not what you think about, but there's something there that's in your life that you just need to let go of. And it's this time, this time of spring cleaning that we've got to focus on that. Do go and check it out. It's a great um, lesson on the broadcast here for our podcast station, Love Lighthouse. Thank you so much. And I look forward to spending time with you over the next few days. Get excellent broadcasts every single day of Lent. And we draw into our complete reprieve as we head towards um easter itself there is no beatitude focus on the holy saturday saturday or sunday easter sunday of course as you would expect things to change you can still look at the beatitudes if you want but we draw right back there for that so go ahead do have a listen in um, over the next few days keep up with me on your lenten process and do also listen into those extra podcast broadcasts on nurturing and in thanks following on from Mothering Sunday, Latari Sunday. Thanks and many blessings. 
quite as interesting. It's the kind of thing that you would think that you would do, like when you get married. Like you have this fresh start with the person. Or not that you have to do that just when you get married, but obviously because I'm chaste and celibate and I'm, you know, divinely married in and to the Holy Spirit. So that's different. But for you, for example, thinking about this, maybe coming to this, like it's something that you would imagine doing. For example, if you were to get married, you'd have a fresh start, like you'd have a fresh wardrobe. And for sure, I'm certain since the marriage is consummated, it's so special and important, you would have um, those parts of your body, those sacred parts of your body, that every single part is sacred, though, should be sacred. Um, you know, especially with regards to a child of God. But, you know, everyone is expected to be a child of God, to treat themselves like a child of God and to be sacred. But you would have, like, um, yeah, particularly sacred and appropriate special types of underwear that were pure, that would symbolise the purity of your marriage um, and that it is not of adultery, it's not of use. And so wouldn't be, you would imagine that that fresh, clean underwear would be very symbolic of that as well, very um, symbolic of purity and all the rest of it. So that's perhaps something for people that are, you know, newly married, newlyweds, then obviously before they actually like consummate anything, such a special time, you definitely like have, you know, pristine, perfect, new spangly underwear. So that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. Like, well, that's important for us too, even more so for us that are um, married to the Holy Spirit, that we're even more of um a one to be cherished and to be sacred so it's even more important for us um to do that so therefore i think it is like it's such a great thing to do but again this one's particularly focused on underwear undergarments that kind of thing but it could be anything it could be any reason it might be like a new um a new pathway or a project that you're starting and you want to start off with perhaps a new device. Um, it might be like, for example, like a broadcast station or something like that. Or you may have like a TV company or something. You may want to start off with new devices, new technology. Um, upgrade them so that they're going to, to work better for you. And you're going to have this great new start um, you see where I'm coming from. So it can really be related to so many different things. Wow, this is exciting. So thank you so much for joining me. As I say, once again, do um, keep coming back. Remember to scroll down though. Perhaps you're going to have to do that. I may bring them to the top. It's just that I have so many pre-organized broadcasts for you for each day of the week. That at the moment they're down below this one, but they may appear at the top if I bring them to the top. I've got to unpublish and then republish them in order to do that. Um, but if you're looking like straight away for other ones for future broadcasts, you probably be best scrolling down from here for that.
Okay, thank you so much and look forward to speaking with you all again very soon.